0: I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name.
1: We're in Psalm chapter 52, uh, Psalm 52, and this is actually... Uh, a, a, a very unique psalm. It's a unique psalm because what's happened in the psalm, the context of the psalm is that David has run. He has fled from Saul because Saul wants to kill him. And the reason Saul wants to kill him is, is, is that he's jealous of him. And, and Saul knows that he's going to be the next king and that his sons are not going to be the next king. And so he is trying to maintain political power over God's will, rather than doing what uh, God has said, he is trying to work his own will and his own way out. And anytime you try to work your own will and your own way out over God's will, whether you be one of his or not, it ends up never working. And and so also does this happen. It says, a chief musician, to the chief musician, a contemplation of David, when Doeg the Edomite went to and told Saul and said to him, David has gone to the house of Ahimelech, and that's when he actually went and, and lived among the Philistines or lived outside of a uh, Philistine city under in, the, in, in Philistia's uh, territory to escape Saul. And, and his David is speaking to Saul. This psalm is about is speaking directly to uh, political or, or economic or military power. He's speaking to that power. He's speaking to that power forcefully, directly. And interestingly enough, he's calling it out. For the times we live in, I think it's interesting. He says, why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? And uh, the Bible, the Bible speaks, speaks clearly about calling evil good and good evil. And uh, how God deals with that. And just because you say it loudly and just because you say it uh confidently and just because you have the levers of power so that you can make it happen does not make evil good or good evil. Okay? And David but David just straight up goes after Saul and says, Why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? And and you will see as the older you get and the longer you live, you're gonna see those who, who espouse evil. Who call for evil, who, who desire evil to continue. They, they don't, they're not ashamed of it. They become, they boast in it. They are proud of their evil. I see it in many ways. I, you know, I think of the first that's obvious, there's no question about it. Anytime you have 42 million, 42 to 45 million babies being killed worldwide and in this country, close to a million a year, babies being killed, being ripped from their mothers, that is the definition and the purity of evil. That's why God destroyed the northern kingdom in in the Old Testament is they began to sacrifice their children to uh, Molech, a Canaanite God. And God, he said, he went through a whole litany of things that he would forgive them for, but the shedding of innocent blood and, and innocent blood is blood that has not done wrong and has not, ha, has no place in the fight. The shedding of that innocent blood, he said, I will not forgive that. And he, what he said is, I'm not going to release you from the punishment of that. And so the Northern Kingdom was destroyed. And here in, 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 in the society that we live in today, there are those who not only do they espouse that evil, they boast in it as if it's something important, as if some made-up right, which is not written in any form of our government other than when it was made up out of whole cloth in the early 1970s, is more important than the very fundamental right that the Declaration of Independence names as the primary and first right, the right to life. But they boast in it. And they're proud of it. And so many other things in, in in our time and in our age, there are those out there that boast in what they are espousing, which is clearly outside of God's word and God's will. It is absolutely evil. And they act as if there's some kind of righteousness that they have because they espouse that evil. He says that the goodness of God endures continually. What he's saying is you can boast in your evil, but you have not changed anything spiritual and the goodness of God and his, who he is and his righteousness is, is continual. He says your tongue devises destruction. And that's ultimately what those who, who, who boast in evil do. They, they devise destruction of those around them that might call them out as evil, that might call them, that might call them out as godless. That might call them out as someone who, who has done things that are destructive to not only, not only to the country, but to people. He says, your tongue devises destruction like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Notice it. They just, that, that, that idea of cutting, they, they, their deceit is just continually cutting. And, and we have that same cultural war going on in our society too. It, it, the more things change, the more they stay the same because the heart of man is utterly wicked and and this stuff has been going on for 3000 years and it's still going on. That's a, the that's a difference in time from the writing of this to when I'm speaking to you right now. He says, you love evil more than good. Woe to who he who calls evil good and good evil. He says, you love evil more than good. And David knew Saul, David knew that he loved evil more than good. He said, lying rather than speaking righteousness. And notice he didn't say truth, he said righteousness. He said, you love to lie rather than speak words of faith, trusting God. And, and I have gotten to the place where there, there are whole forms of media that, I, I, that never even come on my TV, never come on my radio, never on my uh, phone, because the words they say are continual and abject lies, lies that they know to be lies. And so, if somebody's going to do that out in front of everybody, boastfully like that, just not going to have anything to do with. It. I'm going to reject them completely. He says, "You love evil more than good, lying rather than speaking righteousness." He says, "You love all devouring words, your dece- you deceitful tongue." Notice, he says, they love. Not only do they do they love to, uh, they love evil. But they love to talk about it. They love to promote it. They love to push it. That's what they do all day long is they push evil. And by the way, Marxism does the same thing. And you, you need to understand that. Now you go, why are you so against Marxism? Because it's godless. That's why I'm against Marxism. It's godless. It is a, it's an ideology that believes that somehow governments, if they can gain ultimate control, that those governments are so good that they will work out the good of their people. And they do not. They do not. When Cambodia was taken over by the Marxists, it killed six million Cambodians. It's called the killing fields. When China was taken over by the Marxists, 45 million Chinese died in the Great Leap Forward because they're Marxists. When Rus- when the Russians took over, they ethnically, all the southern parts of Russia to get rid of the Cossacks and those who opposed them, they're murderers. And when the uh, Nazis took over in Germany, we know that story. And so you just go through it over and over again. Those who, who espouse those things are evil. They're just stra- straight up evil. If you're a Marxist, you espouse a godless ideology that believes that somehow man can attain to the ultimate good by, by ultimate control. That's the lie the devil told. That's the lie that de- the devil told Adam in the garden. He said, you shall be as God. What Marxism believes is that man is good enough to come up with a, a, a government in which under their control, they will work the ultimate good. And every one of those governments, when they gain control, work the ultimate evil and destroy society. We've, we've seen it happen just recently in Venezuela. They just totally destroy society. Go you know, from the small, a small South American country has the fifth largest economy in the world 50 years ago. And today they are nothing. They are eating their own animals. They're devouring each other. And the reason they are is because godlessness and Marxism takes over. And, 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 they love to talk about it, love to talk about the virtues of, of Marxism, the, and, and they won't call it Marxism, but it is what it is. And we know what it is and we know what they spouse. Interestingly enough, the group that's the political force today, their leaders actually will tell you that I was trained as a Marxist, which is red flags flying everywhere. He says, God shall likewise destroy you forever. Notice. David says it's going to come to an end. God's going to destroy it forever. And he is. Jesus is going to come back and wipe it out. There's only one who can rule, uh, 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 completely and utterly and do it. And that's Jesus himself. And he'll come back and fix it. He says he shall take you away and pluck you out of your, out of your dwelling place. No, he's going to handle you and he's going to handle you where you live. He says and uproot you, you from the land of the living, and ultimately that's what happens because Marxists who take control aren't the Marxists who end up in control. I think of the brown shirts, and the brown shirts were were godless, and and they helped Adolf Hitler come to power. And when Adolf Hitler came to power, he used the arm of government to to, to wipe them out. They wiped them out in one night, and and those brown shirts were heavily into homosexuality. They were heavily into they were heavily into Witchcraft, they were into, into all kinds of uh, paganism and, and they helped Hitler come to power. And then what happened? In one night, even Hitler's closest friends were all killed and Hitler was left in power. And ultimately, what happened? Somebody came and uprooted him from this life too. He said, The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, See, we're, we've watched how Marxism. We watched how the life of this world and this time have worked and we know what they are. And David said, listen, Saul, you can walk around in your piousness and your confidence and your godlessness. You can do that all you want to, but God's going to handle you. He says, and and he says, the righteous shall uh, see and fear and shall laugh at him. Here is the man who did not make God his strength. Notice, here's the man who chose to reject God. He says, but trusted in the abundance of his wealth and riches. He trusted in his own power, his own strength, the abundance of who he was. He says, and strengthened himself in his wickedness. Not only did he trust in his own power and his own strength, he didn't place any faith in God, but he strengthened himself in his wickedness. He rooted in, he did what it took to make himself look right in the midst of his own evil. He said, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. What he's telling Saul is he's saying, listen, we walk with God. And green olive tree is a picture of Israel anyway, but it's a great picture of it. It's a picture of Israel in full life. He says, but I'm like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. See, he's saying, I'm trusting in God's free gift, not what I can do for myself. He says, I will praise you forever because you have done it. He's talking to God there. He says, I'll praise you forever because you have done it. You have, you've handled this. And, and the question is, God people, are God's people willing to listen to him and see him at work. He says and in the presence of your saints I will wait on your name for it is good. And so what he's saying is I'm going I'm going to stick around with God's people in the presence of his saints, meaning I'm all, I'm going to stay with God's I'm not going to allow anything to keep me away from the the assembly of the saints. Don't doubt that some of the efforts that have been going on recently are to split up and get the church away from itself so that the power of the church can't exist. Trust me that is going on. He says, in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name for it is good. Now, notice what he said. I'm going to wait on God's character, his name, his, his nature. Uh, I'm going to wait on that. But where am I going to wait on it? I'm going to wait on it in the presence of the saints. I'm going to wait on it with the other believers. I'm going to wait on it with those who trust in. I challenge you to to trust in God. I challenge you to be with God's people. To regularly meet with God's people. If you're out there on your own by yourself and you're not regularly meeting with God's people, you're in danger. You're in a place where the enemy is is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and lions do not tack the strong when there's many of them that get together. They don't do it. They pick on the weak. They pick on those who are unwilling to stand, unwilling to fight. Unwilling to, uh, say what is right. And the more you're alone, the more it's hard to see what is right. You must be in the assembly of the saints. And that's what David said. He said, listen, I'm, a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, wait in the assembly of the saints to see God and to see his presence and his power. And those of you, who, especially in this time, what, what I find so exciting is, especially in this time in the season that we're in, when we get together, there's some power in that. There is power. There's power that hadn't been there in a while. Not with our church because we're new, but I'm just saying there's a power that's not been there in a while. And it's a true power. It's a power in the worship. It's a power in the word. It's a confidence that comes with being together with God's people. And and it builds faith and it builds hope. And it's my uh, firm urging. I urge you to meet together with God's people. I urge you to meet together with God's people. And I know you, you, you there's excuses why you wouldn't, but, but not doing that, not meeting together with God's people is a, it leaves, you, it, leaves you, it leaves you to your own defenses. It really does. And I would say today and, and, and then after going through the psalm, I would say uh, that it is important that we spend time uh, together and strengthen each other because the wickedness of the hour and the evil of the day is great. And and it is going to grow in strength and in power if we don't come together <clears throat> and proclaim the name of Jesus. We have to stay close so that we can see, understand, know, and then act upon the things God has given us to do. And so I'm gonna do that and I hope you will too. I trust that you will and I expect that you will.